What's going on there? It's be, it's delayed. It's playing the music on there. That's weird. So we're well, live, though. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the Intern Whisper Live, the show all about internships and how to excel and do well. This is Matt. This is Isabella. Oh, you know what? I, I had it on my phone, and I think it was picking up. Oops, sorry. I had the show on my phone, and I think it was picking it up that way. Because oh. I was hearing myself. I'm going, why am I hearing myself? I, was, I thought it was coming off the TV. Okay. No, it's coming right off of my phone, so I won't do that again. Okay, so this is Isabella. A reminder to our listeners, you can call us live on the air. The phone number is 407-582-2906. You can also chat with us online through Intern Pursuit's Facebook Live chat. Like, see, I joined. Okay, Matt. All right, coming up in this episode of the Intern Whisper Live is our Wild Card Wednesday topic, resume and interview tips yep. for students. <laughs> well, for students and employers. Here, let me uh, help clean up a little thing there. So how can people find us? You can find Intern Pursuit on our Facebook page, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also find our Intern Pursuit game on Facebook and Twitter, and you can listen to us live on MixLR.com forward slash Valencia College Radio and follow Intern Whisper. You can watch us live again on Facebook. Hopefully people are going to be following us like right now. And um, you can call us live on the air. Again, the number is 407-582-2906 and chat with us online. So maybe, maybe somebody will do that. I bet they will. I hope I so. I have hopes. Yeah. All right. Time to thank our first patron for the night, RB Advisory. RB Advisory offers cybersecurity services to businesses worldwide. They are security specialists for cloud computer network and compliance issues. RB Advisory addresses active threats to organizations, patching network vulnerabilities, and preventing future attacks to your businesses and information. Their website is rbadvisoryllc.com. Thank you, RB Advisory, for being a patron of the Intern Whisper Live. And for our listeners, here are intern pursuit updates. Okay, people, 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 we want you to vote for us on uh, FedEx has a small business grant that is $50,000. I remember that now. Yes, yes. yes. And we need everybody, all of the uh, intern pursuit and the pivot people need to be voting, certainly, but we want to get the word out. We want everybody to vote for us so that we can win the $50,000. So that's our hope. It's for the whole month of March, and today is the 18th. So we basically have uh, 13 more days left. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll make it there. Um, the next thing is we're going to have, uh, I'm going to be a guest on the SCORE, that's Senior Corps of Retired Engineers. I think it was engineers, but I think it's entrepreneurs now. And I'm going to be a radio guest on March 21st, okay. and it's a live radio show. I was going to say, uh, engineers, why are you going on a show for engineers? Yeah, I know. I don't understand, <laughs> but I think that's what their name used to be. Entrepreneurs would make sense. Yeah, entrepreneurs. They, I think they changed it. Um, and if you want to join our startup team and be an Intern Pursuit student influencer or brand ambassador, go to internpursuit.tech forward slash careers. You can look at the job description and apply to be part of our superhero team. And we are inviting employers of all types and sizes to be a part of our early adopter beta program. So I'm hoping that we're going to have two new employers. I believe we're going to have two new ones this week. So that's cool on the yeah. beta. 
And the goal is to have 500 students signed up on our platform, Matt, by the end of the month. 500. 500. So that's 100 per school. So 100 from Full Sail, 100 from UCF, Rollins, Seminole State, Valencia. So this week I'm going to UCF for the um, the PR and communications school. They have a program called Intern Pursuit, named the same. I know when I went there, it tripped me out. I know. You went with us last year. <laughs> that was so cool. And anyway... Um, so I'm going there this week. I was at mm-hmm. Rollins two weeks ago. Next week I'm at Valencia College in Seminole State. So all of these places, I'm asking students to sign up. I saw somebody signed up on the platform today, too, as a matter of fact. Yeah, just right before we, we aired. We got on the air. Yeah, that was exciting. So um, anyway, so sign up, people. Sign up. We're excited about this. We're going to start matching students to employers. And so I'm transitioning out of the role of the human algorithm and it's going to be the algorithm that matches students to employers, so we're excited. All right, so our wild card resume topic is resume and interview tips for employers and students tonight. I think right. we were supposed to have some kind of a transition, and we're missing it. I feel like there was a transition. Um, we transitioned with our words. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so we're going to look at... Um, some student resume, resume tips. tips. Mm-hmm. And what I did is when I was pulling this together, I looked at what are the trends for resumes and interviews going into 2019 and 2020. And that's where I pulled together this information. So people, check your resumes and make sure that you have these tips in place. But first, I'm going to make sure I say, I go to a lot of recruiting events, and I pick up resumes that have either no phone number really? or no email. And I had one resume that had no email and no no phone number. How do you get in touch with people? I don't know. That's it's half the point of the resume is yeah. to give your contact. How, you, yeah. How is anybody going to find you? So they could look for you on social, but they, they have to be really – that means your resume better be outstanding, but you're going to lose points because you don't yep. have <laughs> – Important information on you there. You have to be confident in your resume not to put a phone number or email on there. Yeah, that, I don't know. I think that's just not good attention to detail. Yeah. So my first tip, although it's not one of these, is make sure you give your resume to someone else, especially I was an English major. There's no way I ever believe anything I do is perfect the first time. I give my my anything I write to mm-hmm. other people um, typically, I pick somebody that is uh, went to school here in the United States, not somebody that speaks another language, especially if English is not their first language. Right. So I make sure I give it to somebody that English is their first language, that they have some type of strong writing ability, or they pay attention to details. And they'll look at my formatting, my, my verb tense. They'll look at everything that's there to make sure that it's really helping me to shine. And that's what I would give as, um, I think we've got like quite a few tips on here, but I'm going to start that as our our primary tip. Um, that's just a Isabella tip. An Isabella tip. Thank Exclusive you. tip. Oh, I like that. Thank you, Matt. Okay, so I already started, so you go ahead and start with the next one. All right, so it's that you revise your <laughs> resume's look and feel. It's taking the opportunity to refresh not just the content of your resume, but also its style and layout. 
You ultimately want a document that visually re reflects where you are in your career. So pick a design, font, and color scheme that feels right for you right now. Just be sure to keep everything simple. To benefit from an extensive library of ready-made professional templates, you can always use an online resume builder. Mm -hmm. So I see so many resumes that come through, and especially if they're people that are crea creatives, mm -hmm. like graphic designers, they really make it stand out. I've seen some um, people that are in programming. They do some things where when they're addressing special skills they have, like Cisco or maybe it's PHP, they go and they actually pull like whatever the logo is of that uh, particular company and, and they use that. There. Yeah, so it's oh. more visual and it's not just words. So there's really nice balance between something that's more art and visually pleasing, not just in format, but there's this balance between the two and I like that quite a bit. I've also seen um, somebody that was at an MBA student do the same thing, really big header, very bold, it was strong graphics, so like um, um, geometric shapes, and they used uh, just black and white. They kept it really simple, but the geometric shapes really helped break it up. Anyway, when that student did that, they used logos also. Instead of saying um, Hertz Rent-A-Car, it had the logo for Hertz on there, because then everybody oh, knew it, yeah. and I thought that was quite clever. On I, the design I would have side. never thought of that. I might incorporate that. Yeah, I now think that I've you heard should. Of it, using yeah. the logo. Like if you talk about in your resume, I would do this if I was a film person. You know, my my top five favorite res films of all time, and I would use the um, logo from that movie in there. I would put that on there. If I was a like yourself into video editing or into film mm -hmm. or you know your cinema studies. I would have gone and put that as, you know, what you should know about me. Here's my top five films. Ask me why. I actually don't have that on my resume. You should. Hmm. This is a good discussion for you now. Yeah, now I'm benefiting from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I actually want to go and update my resume so that, uh, and I think everybody's resume should fit onto one page. I don't think that everybody has to, especially if you're a student, I had um, interviewed somebody, came in and did an assessment last week from Rollins, and he had four pages. And he's, four pages? Yeah, wow. and he's not that old in the sense, like, you know, he's not 20, he's not 21, he's older than that, and I won't say his name yet, but, um, or I won't say his name, but the point is he doesn't need all of that. And he used a lot of white space to kind of spread it out, and I went, oh. You don't need that. You can fit it onto one page. Yeah, that's what I've always heard is you want to try to stick to one page yeah. if you can. Well, you would have at least two pages if you have like 25, 30 years of experience. Yeah. Not, not if you have less than one. <laughs> and as we go through the tips, some of these will make sense as to why and how you can get it down to one page. So the next one is amend your header. And now, a lot of people don't think about this, but you can go and click into the header, and that's where you put your contact information. Right. You're going to make sure it has your name, first and last name, an email account. I don't recommend including any type of um, uh, a physical address anymore because that actually, I worked with a credit counselor. She said that that is used to discriminate pe against people. Really? And so, yeah. If they think that you came from a bad zip code or a bad area of town, then they aren't likely to hire you because, you know, it's not a reflection necessarily on you, but indirectly it can be. 
So there's no reason to put address on there anymore. People's cell phone numbers are what are used, and those are not always local to the area. So mm -hmm. there's no reason to do that. So keep it just to your email. Make sure it's somewhat of a professional type of an email. It should be like your name. Right. Um, I and, would and not you should watch what you service you use, too, because like things like Yahoo and Hotmail, AOL are out of date. Yeah. Well, Yahoo, I still see some of those. Some Yahoo, yeah. I see a few AOL, and then I'll see some that say Comcast, and then I'll see some that say Hotmail, and I'm going, okay, you haven't gone and come around to the 21st century. Yeah, no. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> it might seem obvious, but you'd be surprised how many candidates forget to update fundamental details in their resume header like their email address or their phone number. Like I said earlier, make sure you have those. Double-check this section and make sure that the contact information and the URLs you supply are current. So that's a good place to put your LinkedIn. If you have a Behance account, if you have any type of an account that you want people to go and see your portfolio, such as yourself, that would be where you would put that. Okay. And then double-check your phone numbers. Read those out loud, slowly. So my cell, if I'm, well, I'm just going to use the company number. It's 321-422-2166. When I read it out loud and I'm looking at it, mm -hmm. I can ensure that I'm actually getting the correct number. Because when you're typing, you could type super fast and your fingers hit the wrong key. Yeah, easily. I know I've done it. Easily. Yep. Okay, Matt. All right. So our next <laughs> one is rethink your professional summary. Um, amend it to provide an impactful, up-to-date summary of your experience, qualifications, accomplishments, and ambitions as they stand now. You know, I don't really use a professional summary. I think that it's, it's helpful for when you're first entering the workforce, but mm -hmm. I don't use it. Do you have one? Yeah, I think I have one at the beginning. It's like a sentence. Yeah, one or two because sentences. Because I um, went to, here at Valencia College, the um, career resume, services. career building, career services, and they had someone help me with my resume, and mm. they suggested having a, like an opening sentence, because mm. I am entering the workforce. Yeah. Well, you got a job. Well, you have two jobs. It, yeah. Three jobs, if you count this one. You're like a busy man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and uh, just so our listeners know, you know, we were talking about uh, one of his experiences, and it's up to Matt if he wants to disclose, but he's in the editing. Um, he's doing film and video editing, and I am quite sure he's going to have that job as a full-time job, and I'm going to be going, ooh, I, I hope he wants to stay on the radio show on Wednesdays and Mondays with me. So here's hoping. Fingers crossed. <laughs> no no pressure, though, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, depends where if where I move, because I'll have to move closer to there. Oh yeah, mm, we'll see. You never know. You never know. Okay, back on track. Um, bolster your key skills and technology technology sections with new additions. So in the time between now and when you last gave your resume and makeover, you've almost certainly picked up a few new competencies. Make sure that you check it to see, did you hone any certain skills? Did you master a unique ability through an extracurricular activity? Or did you learn how to use a new software program? Make sure that you update your resume, that you've acquired any hard or soft skills that's relevant to the work that you do, 
and put it on your resume. Yeah, that because that's always changing. Yeah, you're always it should. learning new things. And We're in the world of continuous learning, right? Yeah. Hmm. There's so many resources, and just by doing whatever job or internship or whatever you're yeah, doing. Yeah, think you're of all the technologies things. that you picked up from this internship. Yeah, and I put it all in there. And you're not even an intern anymore. You're officially the associate producer with me. Yeah. Yeah, so promotion there. Okay, you're up. All right, include your current position. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> this has to be one of the most important of all the resume upda update tips out there. Don't forget to add your current role to the top of your work experience section. Under it, outline your achievements in this position, quantified with figures where possible, and remember to include recent part-time or volunteer work you've done, too. Mm -hmm. So that quantify part, I think that that's really key, and a lot of people don't think about that. They'll think about quantifying if it's, um, like, how much did they sell? So maybe they, mm -hmm. um, they can't say that they sold $5 million worth of products, but maybe they improve the sales process by 10%. That's significant. Yeah. Anything that you can say that you improved a process and quantify it, that's, that's a good thing. So for our listeners, we want to make sure that they're thinking of those types of tips of how they can quantify, and especially on the power skills. If you just say that you're, uh, you have critical thinking, your attention to detail, and your problem solver, quantify that. Where are you? Are you highly skilled? Are you excellent? You know, pick something on a scale of one to five um, and be able to make sure that you're giving it a real value so that people can see that this is a strength of yours. Right. So you, how would you quantify it? Would you say you're a, would you use an adjective? Yes. I would suggest going with, um, familiar means that you have just a little bit of knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. And then you might say knowledgeable. That sounds more than familiar, right? So that's right. usually like theory, stuff that you've learned in school. And then you might go over and say that you might say, well, I've said it repeatedly, um, proficient, highly proficient, highly, if you want to go one above it. I've seen it usually like those levels, like familiar, knowledgeable, um, proficient, highly proficient, usually four, but there's there's about five. You could say excellent. You could say mastery of. Oh, I like that. Mastered. Mastery of. Yeah. But you'd have to make sure you know it. Yeah, you better, because it's going to come up in the course of <laughs> you get the job, and they say, hmm, I thought, you said, I thought you said that you had mastery of this skill. I don't that see That means it. you have nothing left to learn. Mm -mm. Yeah, that means you really have to come in and be... Excellent. Yeah. I would agree. I don't know if I'd put that unless I had years of experience behind me, which I do now, and I'm very comfortable saying that on some things. But there's no way any one person is knows everything. But I think a master is kind of like the kung fu. Yeah. You know, they can come in and they can teach. So it's the same as master's or a PhD. Mm -hmm. means that you've put in a lot of work to get there. Okay, so... Uh, Our next one is refresh your education section. Mm. Add new schooling you've received to the top of your education section above the qualifications you listed previously. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of times, this one's kind of perplexing. I see people that uh, put their most current job at the bottom of the list. 
And people tend to look at your education, or I said job, um, whether it's education or the, the order of your actual jobs, make sure that you put your most current education up at the top. So I have, I'll use this as an example. Well, no, I'm going to use you as the example, Matt. You graduated from UCF. Mm-hmm. You also took some other classes at Valencia. I think, this is my opinion, that the even though the Valencia courses are, are it was an internship, um, is certainly, historically, it's more current. Your main degree, which is the four-year degree, is the more heavily weighted degree. I would put that up there and then put the Valencia College because it was That's good because that's how I have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would make sure that it, it makes sense because it can't just be um, the history of the degree, like when did you actually, the timeline, when did you get it? It needs to also consider the weight of that degree. Right. Because do you want people to see that you did an internship through Valencia? Or do you want them to see that you, you and have, have a degree? whole four-year degree that yeah. I got? Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense to me there. Um, but some people also include high school. And if you're in college, take high school off of your resume. Yeah. There's no reason to have that up there anymore. It should be something that's relevant to where you are at this point in time. It's assumed that you got into college because you graduated or you took the GED. Somehow you You, had that. You got in college somehow, yeah. Yeah, you can't get into college unless you did one of those two things. The um, other thing that I've seen people do is on their, their resumes with education, they'll list coursework that they've completed. I don't suggest doing that. I, I don't think that that's relevant. Like, I have, I have not completed my Ph.D., and I can put that up there. I can put that I'm a Ph.D. candidate, but, and I could list all of the courses. I'm all but dissertation. So that means that I took the test and I passed it, and I completed all and passed all of my classes. Mm-hmm. But I don't need to put every single class on there. And I've seen s- students do that. And we really, as employers, we really don't have an interest in looking at all of the courses that you completed. Right. That's great. Be proud of it. But I can see that on your transcripts. I don't need to see it on your resume. Right. That's something I used to do when I took out. Yeah. So just, you know, if you're graduating, put anticipated graduation. You can put when it is, 2020. If you have graduated, um, you can put the year that you graduated, but it would say UCF, University of Central Florida, either one of those. Then it would have the uh, type of degree that you have, Bachelor of Arts or Science? Arts. Arts. Bachelor of Arts, um, Cinema Studies. And then you can, if you want to, put the year over there. If you don't want to, you just space it out between the name of the school. You could put the location if you want to have the rule of three in there. And then the uh, type of degree. I hesitate to put a year in there because it can be a way of discriminating against you if a person feels like you don't have enough skills. So mm-hmm. it's like a big screaming, yes, I'm a student. Yes, I just graduated. That can work for you. can also work against you. Right. So just think about that one. Reconsider the or- order of your sections. So it's kind of like what I touched on earlier. Shift around the order and the flow of your resume so that the information that sells you best appears first. In the resume template that I use, I put um, qualifications up at the top. 
and I use those okay. as three columns, um, and I quantify those whenever I can. The next section that I put are is um, because the qualifications. They'll look at that first, and that's like the best of everything that I have, um, and those are like I said quantified. But the next section I have is my education and my community engagement. It says education, certifications, and community. Because that's where I put anything that's a volunteer role. Right. Like I was on the City of Winter Park's ethics board. So I put that in there. And then the next thing that I go to is the actual job that I have right now. And then I also go to... Um, I do just a chronology of all of the other jobs that I've had, again, from the most current to the least, down to the bottom. And I don't put in the chrono chronological listing of all of the other jobs. I'll just put the name of the employer, um, the time that I was there, the name of the employer, the job title, and then the time that I was there. I have taken um, my resume, so it's only like, 15 years of experience and in those qualifications I'll put up at the top where I have 25 years in education because nobody needs to have this long history of I worked 10 years in the public classroom se sector and then I started teaching in higher ed and I could put every college that I've I've worked with and that is to some extent on there but I want to update my resume so it's not just a listing of all of the the places, the schools where I've worked, it's just the industry experience now. I'm focusing on So how on do you that. write that? And the top at the qualifications. So I put 25 years in. Uh, oh, okay. I do 10 Instead years of public listing classroom, it. 15 years in higher ed, and then I'll put 15 years consult, 16 years consulting. Like I put that up at the top. So Instead that of putting it in the experience listing each yeah, individual exactly. place. So okay. when they're talking about reconsidering the order, um, I think that that's really where the value is for if you've been working for a while versus if you're somebody new like yourself. So if I was looking at your resume, I would definitely want to put um, the things that you've been involved in, if it was like any awards that you did on the campus or any leadership roles that you took in any of your clubs, anything that you could quantify that shows that you have um, job history. So I, I going to pretend that you worked at Taco Bell for okay. five years and so instead of putting that into your resume I would just put customer service skills five plus years of customer service and then it makes sense as to how that is important to if you're on the floor and you're working with somebody in um, selling video equipment that would be helpful right since you're editing videos I don't know if that's necessarily there, but you could focus on something else. You know, if you don't want that on there, that Taco Bell experience, don't put it on there. I don't. I didn't. I removed it all. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember us having that discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're up. Oh, well, it kind of ties into what we're yeah, talking about old, next. Our next step was remove old content. Remove resume elements that are now considered obsolete. The objective statement and references section are two examples. Yeah. You don't need to put references up there because, honestly, people, if they're going to want references, they're going to ask you for it. Right. So why do that? That's It's kind of an outdated practice. And the objective statement, you know, 
we know you want a job. So it's like we know that's the objective yeah. is to get a job. And so instead what people are using is the um, – I don't use it because it just doesn't seem to make sense to me. But that professional summary, that's the – that's the section that's taking the place of the objective yeah, statement. That makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, so hopefully our listeners will find those tips to be very, very helpful. And I see we have somebody on there. Hi. Hi there, Annalie. I think that's uh, Abby's grandmother, aunt. I think it's the grandmother. I don't want to sure. be. I don't want to be wrong. I wish yeah. he was here to correct us. I know. I don't know. I, I don't even know if that's his mom. Maybe that's his mom. We don't know. You'll have to tell us who you are. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to go to our second patron. Matt, do you want to read it, or would you like me to? I'll read it. Okay. All right. Our second patron is Simplicity Solutions Group. Simplicity Solutions Group specializes in web design, development, hybrid mobile, and custom <laughs> web apps built on proprietary application framework. They help businesses thrive in the digital age from web design to records management software. Their website is simplicitysolutionsgroup.com. Thank you, Simplicity Solutions, for being a patron of the Intern Whisperer Live. I love our music. Yeah, that's a good transition. Yeah. I guess that's what I was thinking needed to be above there was that, that music. So we only have four tips here on these interviewing tips, but I'll sprinkle some other things in there. Matt, you've recently been going on some interviews, so feel free to go ahead and yeah, share. Yeah, okay. Yeah, in there. So the first one, pre-identify. Think in advance. This is what it's telling us. You want to be able to pre-identify three things you want your interviewer to know about you. You know how when you go into the interview and somebody will say, so what do you want me to know? Tell me something about yourself that you'd like me to know. Well, think of that. I know. I wish I had. <laughs> <laughs> and because then you're not going, uh, what do I want to say? Because then you improvise. Yeah, yeah. So if you look at what are the standard questions that are always used in the interviewing processes, where do you see yourself five years from now? Well, hopefully it's a leadership position, right? Or you've yeah. been cross-trained, something like that. And then another one is, is um, what, what would you like to tell me about yourself? Now, they leave that open-ended because this is where somebody will be stumbling over their words and go, oh, my gosh, well, uh, I live at home and I have uh, three brothers. And, you know, <laughs> they start rambling and they're going, okay, this person is not thinking ahead. Right. And that really shows a lot about how what your personality is like and and how you think. Mm -hmm. So you really want to take the time to do that. But here's some little bullets. Let's take turns reading them. I'll go first. Okay. It is nearly impossible to predict every topic that the interviewer is going to cover. But you can be prepared for most topics. So, Matt? Before you go into your interview, think about three things you want the interviewer to know about you before you end your conversation. Identify three skills or experiences that demonstrate your expertise and value to the organization. For example, you might want to highlight your cross-functional communication skills, ability to consistently complete projects ahead of schedule, or knack for generating revenue with innovative ideas. Whatever the three things are, think about brief illustrative examples for each. 
I think that's really a good example. And I'm going to use this as uh, something that you've done. We have 13 months of episodes that have gone up on uh, YouTube and out on the podcast channels. And Abby is working on the YouTube, and it took a long time to get those episodes up there, right, Matt? Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you were to make an estimate, how much time do you think it took? Mm, probably about two and a half months. Well, it's not two and a half months, 40 hours a week. So no. Think about it from... Hours? Yeah. How many hours? Like, mm. think about, like, how long you did it and multiply it by if you did it once or twice a week. Probably about 30 to 40 hours. Yeah, so basically pretty close to a week to put a year's worth of episodes up there. Yeah. That is really something. And um, you had to figure things out, right? Mm-hmm. You were the one that had to do it because I certainly didn't know how to do it. <laughs> and you were making my life easier by doing that. Right. So I really appreciated that, and I still do. So I think that if you go in there and you're, you're thinking as the person that's interviewing every time is, what is a problem you were able to solve? What is something that you used your critical thinking with? Um, because certainly you wanted to take something off of my shoulders. You did that. But you also had to figure out how to get it up there, how to get that, those episodes loaded onto the um, Podbean. And then you also, because we didn't have the, um, we didn't think this through the whole way, you had to go back and do some editing, right? Yeah, we had to redo all the titles because we um, didn't. We standardized the titles. We title. standardized the titles with the dates first and yeah. then the guest name. Yeah. Because you don't need to put in Turn Whisperer on every no. episode. No, because that's not how people are going to search for it, right? Right. They'll yeah. search for the show as Turn Whisperer, but then... So that critical thinking skill, if we had talked about it a little bit more, we would have solved that problem so that we would have, um, it would have been more effective and efficient and you wouldn't have had to go back and do that. Right. Yeah. So I'm just using that as an example. And I wouldn't even be afraid to um, say, well, we didn't pre-plan as much. And from that, I really learned the value of pre-planning because okay. that speaks to how there was a learning experience there. And it, it definitely shaped your thinking so that moving forward, you'll go, okay, I need to ask more questions. I need to think about how this would look for the end user, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest takeaway there on these. Think about three things that you um, really feel like that can show real value to what you're doing. And I had that conversation today with somebody else I was meeting with, um, and I wanted to sit down with a client and be able to say, hey, you know, our contract says this. I want to make sure that we're addressing this. And I, want to, I don't want to say specifically who or what the example is, right. so I'm going to be vague on purpose. However, what she said is, um, Vanessa, who I was meeting with this morning, she said, well, what, sh what you might consider doing is making sure that you say, hey, I want to go through my contract and I want to go over um, the value that I've been able to bring here. Can you tell me um, what do you think that stands out that I've done that's really helped this organization? And if I ask them to think about three things, the rule of three, mm -hmm. then that they're walking through and they're remembering, oh, well, she did this and she did this and she did this. 
now my value is there. And so when I come to do the ask, which is, okay, I want to be, I, I want to receive this particular item, then they're already going, well, wow, she gave me a huge value. So it's the same thing. You know, you have to be able to think about what is it that you're doing in that right. job and really keep track of what the value is that you're bringing to the um, to the job, to the employer. And you never know what they'll be interested in because That's the true. interview I went to recently, they were very interested in my writing background, and I did not expect that. Mm. It makes sense to me because the writing is a key part of the planning process. Right. And you have to be able to do that storyboard very effectively mm -hmm. so that it will communicate across in the video. So to me, writing is the first thing I would have paid attention to. Yeah. And now you know. Now I know. Yeah. All right. So then um, I'm going into the next. Wait, did you finish it? Um, yeah, For I finished example? bullet two. Okay, you did. All right, you can use these three things as a basis to focus your response. For instance, the interviewer asked you about an accomplishment you feel proud of. Well, we were just doing that, right? You, you accomplished something. Right. You can respond with an example demonstrating your cross-functional communication skills about a project you completed one month before the due date or a new corporate initiative that made money. Cut down on the time to think and, in turn, your stress levels because you know you have you have information to retrieve to respond to unexpected questions or topics. That's really smart because that is the big fear going in is the unknown of you're not going to know exactly what they're going to ask you. Well, but if you but if you know what you want to say and get across, mm -hmm. you're planning, right? Yep. So we we even used a real life example with the things that you've been doing here. Mm -hmm. All right, so you're up. So when you're thinking about these three things, you want to communicate, make sure these three things are valuable to the company where you are interviewing. If you speak Hindi, that skill may not be particularly valuable to a company that doesn't do business with India. Ask yourself, what is it that I have that will bring value to the organization? See? What is it that I have that will bring value? So if you do your research on that company <clears throat> and you're looking at this, this is an editing company where you ended up, I know that we storyboarding is important, yeah. right? And we also know that you have to be able to communicate very clearly to a customer. So verbal communication, listening mm -hmm. skills are going to be important. And then the ability to, um, if you can show that you had to work with somebody that was difficult or you overcame uh, a challenging situation, that would be good. So we have, I'm going to go back to the YouTube so Abby is working on loading episodes into YouTube. And right. this is where that time management comes into play. Um, he's been downloading episodes. He's going to be loading them up. But he's had to name them the same as what the naming conventions are on the podcast channel. Right. So people can find it very easily. But we have three months of episodes. We have January, February, and March. And so I asked you to teach me how to do this. And one of the problems that we had is that there's something not working with my ability to com compress the file yeah, and load that, it up. That so one step just... It doesn't want to work with me. Because I'd like to be able to um, know how to do it so I can show it to somebody else um, coming into the organization mm -hmm. so that they would know how. So it's a good teaching opportunity. It's cross-functional um, skills, cross-functional 
cross training, always good to know. Um, and then it would help me to uh, load up some of the episodes. And I'm thinking, well, we would get all of our episodes current, right? So right. That's a that's a plus. So, um, you know, communication is really key. And when they're talking about this particular bullet, I think that aside from communication, it's about time management and completing projects. I yeah. I think that that speaks volumes to being able to hit deadlines. For many, many types of um, services, it is the curse of death if you do not deliver timely. Mm-hmm. Whether it's software, whether it's a social content, whether it's um, anything, people want to know that it's a priority and that it happens on time, right? Right. Yeah. That's true of everything, mm-hmm. really. So the second one is push back the salary conversation. Try to hold off on talking about salary until, until later. And I think that's really wise advice. It says, say, I'd like to learn more about the role so I can better understand what value I bring. Because if you don't talk about the salary and they can see that you want to concentrate on the value that you're bringing, it could mean that you get p- offered more money. So you don't want to do that. You really want to position yourself as the applicant to be able to speak to what your your personality strengths are, your skills that stand out. And then when they go and they they mention what the salary is, you're going to be able to say, well, you know what, given that, you know, you explained to me that this position requires problem solving and time management and also um, strong communication skills. You know, it, it was in our conversation that, you know, I was able to share very specific examples I'd like to be able to discuss that salary in more depth, you know, and right. you could end up with more money. Yeah, but I didn't quite finish my role, <laughs> whatever it is I have here. So the later in the interview you talk numbers, the more time you have to demonstrate your value. Which goes along with what you're saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also was able, when I pushed back to an employer um, and I asked for more money, and I didn't get it. Well, I negotiated instead of two weeks of vacation, I asked for three, and they gave it to me. Oh, really? So, you know, I got something that was just as valuable to me. Well, I went to an interview, and I didn't get the position, but they just asked for a salary number, and I didn't know what the normal range was, so I just said what came to mind. And they had a good poker face. They said, okay, and they just wrote it down. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's really important to know the industry industry trends, right? Whether yeah. it's an hourly rate or if it's a salary, you should always know those because it's also going to be able. Well, I know that the trend in um, entry level positions is, you know, twelve to fifteen dollars an hour. I feel that, um, you know, certainly I understand that. Why don't you tell me what the position is actually paying, and then you'd be able to see if it's something that you can accommodate in your lifestyle choices. Or if it's something that it isn't going to work for you. Right. You don't want to waste your time on a job that isn't what you're looking for, even if it's the money. It could be high on skills. That's great. Take it. Run with it. And then, you know, look for something that will give you the salary plus the, the opportunity for right. more experience. All right. All right. So the second point on that is if the interviewer questions your salary history, know whether it is even legal for the interviewer to ask. It is now illegal in some states and localities to ask about pay history. 
educate yourself so that you're not tied to your past salary and you get paid what you deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People really are not able to ask um, how much that you how much you were able to be paid because um, Florida. I'm going to mm. use this as the example. Florida is a state, one of the few states that does not have a state tax return that has to be completed. So we have a lower um, salary range than other places in the country. It costs people get paid more in New York, high density, a lot more jobs are there, but it also costs more to live in that city. Right. They also pay a New York state tax return. Oh, gosh, Matt, we're going to have to go. We have five more minutes. Quick. All right. So should we just move to the next point? Yep. Quick. we got to be fast. All right. Don't give too many details on why you're looking for your next career move. If you're asked about why you're looking to leave your job, be honest. But being honest doesn't mean you have to share all the details. If there is a negative reason why you're looking to move on, thinking about trying to answer this question can be an unpleasant experience. So your reason for wanting to leave may not be as bad as you think it is. Either way, keep your answer general and brief. So I'm going to jump down to the last one is just be yourself. Just be exactly who you are. Don't try to be something different. We're going to have to jump down. We're going to say thank you, Valencia College, for um, being able to be in the studio. We love being here, and thank you, Q, as always. And, Matt, let's do our shout-outs. I'm going to do a shout-out to um, my internship company, iPose Media. (gasps) Yay. I'm really happy about that, too, for you. It's a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. So thank you, iPose Media. Yep. And what is the gentleman's name there? Emerson McLean. Emerson McLean. I reached out to you on LinkedIn, just so you know. <laughs> All right. And so my shout out goes to Matt, as always, and Abby. Thank you for always making this such a wonderful experience for me. Thank uh, you to my software you. team, to the game team, to Katrina, and to everybody else that is a, a part of this whole process for Intern Pursuit. And people can contact us at info at internpursuit.tech. You can go to our website, internpursuit.tech. And the phone number is 321-422-2166. Look for us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and all of the other great channels. And listen to us live on mixlr.com forward slash Valencia College Radio. And look for the Intern Whisperer. So as we close our show, we want to thank you, our listeners, just for listening to us. Take us out, Matt. All right.